Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello from the future. This is Brandon, the host and creator of Monster Eight the Pilot. You're getting this odd introduction due to the fact that Brandon used to have music on the podcast, and uh, that day finally came, and I'm starting to get episodes struck down. So I'm going through and getting all the music remo- removed. So you're getting this fun introduction to go over any time I had music playing at the beginning of the show. Um, if I'm not able to cut around it, like sometimes I talk over the music, so that's why this is here. Uh, yeah, so if there are references to songs or I seem to be talking about a song, I'm like, hey, I've got these three songs later. You know, look in the description of what they were. They will be cut out. I am working on it. It will take some time. Hopefully I don't get the ban while working on this stuff because a lot of these episodes are in the archives. And getting them out of the archives takes like 12 hours. But other than that, enjoy the show. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I kind of fucked up by not knowing... Uh, but not understanding what I was reading when saying that Spotify Anchor allowed music on the podcast. I misunderstood what that meant. Anyways, yeah, it sucks, but we all get through it together. Enjoy the episode. It's the best episode ever. This is, Whatever episode this is on, it's the best episode ever. So listen, like, share, subscribe, support, all the fun stuff. Thank you. Um, I hope you're enjoying this Sunday night. I know I am not right now because I have, uh, have been having a fucking rough one. <laughs> Oh, nothing too bad. Everything's manageable. Um, I'm available on Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So if you know anybody who gets their podcast through those services, let them know about me. Spread the good word. Let's have a good time. Like, share, subscribe, support, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, so Sunday night we're going to go over the five songs of the week. We're going to go over kind of the, the week that was for Brandon. I went to went to one show, missed another show because of a, a lot of fun shit. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get this fucking podcast thing figured out. I'm usually available on uh, Spotify with video, but for some reason the video is not working properly. Like, it's like I record like 30 seconds and only 20 seconds uploads and um, or something like that. So for until I get it fixed, it's just going to be audio only again. Fun, fun, fun. So you don't get to see my face. You don't get to see the insane amount of chest hair. Like, um, I almost got taken down for uh, nudity last week. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. But I could have. Uh, nah. Like I said, got the sex appeal sofa in. Oh, my good golly, Miss Molly. Let me fucking tell you. Not only is this thing really sexy, it's also really comfy. So I am, I am beyond, like, satisfied with this sofa. In two different ways. <laughs> Once again, making jokes about having sex with furniture. Oh, it's a great time. It's a great time to be alive, isn't it? Oh. No, but sadly, I had to miss the fucked up show on Wednesday just because it ended up taking me so much longer than I thought. One, to get the podcast done and then get all the stuff that I needed to move moved. So it ended up, uh, I ended up having to miss the show because of it. Um, because like, the time I got done, it was like 9.30. I'm like, well, fuck, they're probably near halfway through the record. By the time I get down there, they're going to be in the end. Because I think they just played David Comes to Life. I don't think they played anything else, at least that I know of. At least that I'm aware of. So, sucks that I missed it. But same time, I don't know. Same time. I got to go see Camp Cope last night. Good show. Good show. I got there a little bit late because I had to work late because I forgot that I had to work late. And I did. Got there. I had to stay in the back. Being short fucking sucks at shows. <laughs> like, I... You know, I could see, but I could barely see. I felt bad for this girl that was beside me. She was up to my, like, shoulder. Like I said, I'm not a tall person, so I'm not sure how she saw fucking anything, so. 
it's a good show. I enjoyed it. It's a good show. Um, like I said, George has got a great voice, very powerful voice. Um, I think if I heard correctly, their bassist who's really good. She plays really cool uh, bass lines. Um, she is pregnant, so congratulations to her. Um, this episode is sponsored by Anchor, but not by Dr Pepper Zero Sugar, which is what I'm drinking tonight. Um, like I said, it was a good show. I had a good time. And like I said, I was happy to get out to a show because, you know, I think there's like an underlying subconscious uh, anxiety about the fucked up show. Because like I said, it's hardcore music. It was at Ace of Cups, which I consider more of a bar than a music venue. Uh, you know, like Roomba Cafe, Newport, the places I've been to shows, you know, they're, they're venues. Like, you know, you're, you can be, I can invest myself in the music, you know, but when it's a bar with music, it's, it's I don't know, for some reason it's a different vibe. And like I say, with the style of music they play, anxiety was a little bit up, so I think maybe I subconsciously put off getting all that shit done with the sofa until, like, the last second because my anxiety didn't want me to go. I don't know. My sobriety didn't want me to go. I don't know. I'm not sure. So I've, I've been kind of thinking about that, trying to work through that. You know, I've got to... I don't want this big wall between me and the things I want to do that's sobriety that makes me kind of hate the fact I had to get sober or anything like that I don't want that to be the case at all nobody really should everybody should be able to enjoy the things they want to enjoy without those worries kind of coming up and I don't know man it's stuff you got to work on I think I was even talking I talked about it before just kind of trying to do the things I still want to do without having that extra layer of oh shit how am I going to do this or how am I going to get through it and um I said, good show got home late nice time good time one Full time. Uh, I don't know. I had so much stuff written down, so I recorded this. I, I recorded a lot of this episode, and then um, the internet browser froze, so I lost the whole fucking thing. Then I listened back to it. The music sound, like the music and me, me talking, I did some noise reduction thing, and it turned it into complete fucking garbage. So I am actually not happy. I'm also not happy with the whole uh, video thing. So I am not in the best of moods. Like I said, at least I got to go to the fucking show. That's ultimately good times. Good times, great times. Um, I'm trying to think, man. That's what sucks is that, you know, I just gotta... Uh, I need to dig in on how this shit works. Like, I know, like I say, you know, I don't expect this to carry me to anything substantial. Though I have made a dollar off this podcast. Thumbs up for that. Thank you, Anchor. Um, but at the same time... I owe it to anybody who does take the time to listen or tune in to kind of know what the fuck I'm doing and not fuck this thing up all the time. You know, be a little bit more prepared. Be a little bit more um, knowledgeable about how some of this shit works. But then, like, some of it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, where my microphone is at, level-wise, is higher than it usually is. Because I actually was doing, you know, doing it, and actually it doesn't sound bad where I'm at right now. But... Wednesday when I do this, it's going to be sounding absolutely crazy and, like, bouncing off the walls, and it's just going to be in the red the entire time. No idea why it's different. No no fucking clue. I can't figure out the difference. I don't touch my, like, my gains and stuff like that on my microphone unless I absolutely have to. The only time I do is whenever, holy shit, why is it so loud? And I think right now it's, like, jumping up for some reason. Maybe, I don't know. At the same, same time, I like to put the microphone right up against my mouth. <laughs> Maybe that's the fucking problem, Brandon. Oh, uh, no. I need to work on this stuff. I just need to dig in and learn more about it. That's what I just need to do. And it'd be another fun thing just to have in your back pocket to know how to do. And I don't know, man. I don't know much about nothing. 
What I do know is, watched some TV this week, watched a good movie, sat outside, did some cool stuff, did a little bit of reading, worked on some uh, writing, all that fun stuff, man. Just trying to, you know, keep myself busy. Because I just, uh, you know, that's what I learned. And that's what I did for a while. Like, when I got my, this job I have right now, when I got it, man, I was, you know, uh, I've told, like, certain people work. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it quite here, but yeah, literally the day that I got the job offer, or, like, they called me about the interview, I was deciding whether to check myself into a mental hospital or not. So, yeah, like, I was having a full-blown panic attack. I went to, like, a horrible interview that morning. Like, just the absolute worst. Like, what the f like, like a joke. Like, this can't be a real thing. This is obviously a scheme. This is not a actual workplace. This is not a work office. This is literally guys who are here to beat the shit out of me and rob me or something. I don't know what it was. It was it was not a professional environment whatsoever. And it was, like, the worst job, like, job interview I've ever seen. And that was, like, one of many I was going through at the time. And, like, other shit was just piled on me at that point. You know, I was two months sober at that point. So I was still working on shit. Well, I was, yeah, two months and, um, but then, yeah, I come home, have a panic attack, which was one of my, I think, like, my first legit panic attack. Like, I think I've had those anxiety attacks. This is maybe one of my first panic attacks. Like, I am shaking. I can't breathe. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to go or what to do. I'm just sitting in my room, and then I calm down. I come out of it after about five, ten minutes. And then, um, I fill out an application, uh, where I work now, and, uh, you know, I had to do one of those assessments. I fucking hate assessments. They're so stupid. They don't fucking pertain to anything. And, uh, I did that. It took me, like, 45 minutes to complete. One of those that takes 45 fucking minutes to complete. Okay, so I'm looking through other jobs. I do another one, and there's another assessment. And it breaks me. It literally fucking breaks my spirit. And I have a full-blown panic attack for two hours. Like, two hours of my entire life. Sitting in my room, doing... <laughs> Because I can't fucking breathe. I'm, I can't move. I can't do anything. I am completely paralyzed because of my panic attack. And like I said, this is, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I don't have this type of panic attack very often. So I'm having one. And I'm trying to decide, um, I, I need to cal uh, calm down and I need to call like an ambulance and just take me to the hospital and just put me away for three days and let me get my shit figured out. Or throw myself in front of a fucking train, which is always one of my favorite things to think about. Or call my mom. So I called my mom. She came up here, hung out with me for a little while, got me to calm down. Uh, like I said, but it was like two hours. It took me like probably over an hour to calm down enough to be able to type my mom's phone number into my phone. Like, it was full-blown. So I like, you know, anybody who talks about, you know, just get over it with anxiety attacks, you haven't fucking experienced one, man. Like, you know, because I used to kind of be that way. Like, oh, you know, just fucking suck it up. Get out of there. You know, you know just, get, just just stop feeling that way. No, like, when you're in it, man, it's it's very, very, very difficult to get out of. It's, uh, you're kind of trapped in a maze, and you got to figure it out in your fucking head. Uh, you know, so. Well, like I said, then um, that afternoon, I got called, went to an interview the next day, got the job, and fucking... Things have gotten much better since. But, you know, when I got the job, what I did was kind of just threw myself into it, you know, just to get my mind off anything fucking else. And uh, now that I've kind of got myself out of that place, now I'm trying to see what else I can throw myself into. And maybe, just maybe, how this fucking podcasting stuff works should be what I throw myself into. You know, I absolutely love doing this. This is so much fun. If you don't have one and you want to do one, I can do it, man. Excuse me. Dr. Pepper. Um... Yeah, like, if you don't, if you want to start a podcast, fucking start one. Even if you want to start about college football. 
you know, join the millions and millions of college football podcasts out there. What a wonderful idea that would be. <laughs> I am sub. I am like sub. Like what is it? Subtweeting? I don't even know what the fucking thing's called. Because uh, my buddy Jr. told me that a couple of our friends want to start a college football podcast, so I'm talking shit about them because I love them. I love talking shit to my friends. It's great, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I've talked about and what I haven't so far. Oh, watching TV this week. I watched The Bear, which I believe is on FX, and it's also on Hulu. That's where I watch this Hulu, uh, but FX. And oh my good god, what a season of television that was that was an incredible show not just as somebody who you know worked back of house or just worked in restaurants in general like the little details in that show is incredible for the back of the house but like you know you don't have to be somebody who's worked restaurants to think this show is great this show was phenomenal it was the performances the writing funny enough the intensity of certain scenes especially that episode seven when everything goes to shit i have been in kitchens when things go to fucking shit that was a very accurate representation of what happens back there. Like, dead on accurate. I think I have been Carmi when he literally says, what the, f- what the fuck, uh, what, ow, what's he tell the guy? Oh, man, he comes up. What the fuck are you even doing here? So I can't even, like, I've been that guy where I just lost my shit and just screaming at people. Because, yeah, like, that's um, intense as it gets, man. You don't make fucking much money. Um, it's high stress all the fucking time. And there's always, it's like, especially when I worked at, like, uh, one of my old jobs, once a month things would go to shit like that. And just everything's going sideways, people are just fucking leaving, quitting, or just, like, that place, like, where I worked, uh, people would just go home, and they would just come back the next day, which blew my fucking mind. It's like me, I was like, you left, you, what? Like, they literally just like, yeah, I'm fucking out of here, and they just go home, and the next day they just come in like nothing fucking happened, like. It's weird to me, man. Because I know we know, know you're needed, I guess. But yeah, man, it was fucking great show. And then there's a great monologue at the very beginning of episode 8 by Carmi. I don't know the guy's name who plays him. I never watched Shameless. I know that's where he's from. But it was really excellent. Excellent season of television. Highly recommend. If you have not checked out The Bear, it's on FX. And it's on uh, Hulu. Go check it out if you have not already because it is worth it. It is absolutely incredible. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. Like I sat here and just watched the whole thing, one little quick sitting, waiting for the sofa to get here, put it on. And like I said, it's just, it's greatness. Everybody's great. The cousin, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Like I said, I'll probably have to rewatch it again before I really start getting the characters. I thought like all the characters... I worked with every single one of those types of characters, man. Worked with them. They were spot on. Um, yeah, so like, yeah. Just, I, just, like I said, I cannot... I'm kind of speechless of how great it was. So good for whoever created that show, came up with the idea. Um, you know, two thumbs way up. Way up! Way up! I'm glad I don't work kitchens anymore, man. <laughs> like, the stress that goes on kitchens like that is just absolutely wild. Like I said, like the pay-to-stress ratio in restaurants is not worth it at all. Like, it really is not. I mean, you can get make the quick buck or whatever, but like the fucking stress on top of it, all the... Like, none of the work is hard in a restaurant. But you have so much little things to do all the time that it just accumulates just being this 
incredible ball of stress all day long. And like I said, then you have those days where tickets are just printing like crazy. You're understaffed or you're not prepared for it or things are just going absolutely fucking haywire. Everybody's yelling at each other. Everybody's flipping their fucking lid. And yeah, it's just like you want to... Uh, I think one of the best scenes is when the Sydney character, who was great, I'm not sure who the actress is. I guess she was a writer on something else. Um, I what show was she a writer on? I'd have to look it up. Um, there's a scene where she's trying to, you know, she's like the sous chef or whatever. She's trying to, uh, she's trying to not assert her dominance, but kind of like assert her authority on everybody. And she's trying to uh, get this beef, uh, I think it's like a beef broth, out of the freezer and down. And it's too high, and she's, like, refusing help. And then she drops it, and it's, like, all over the fucking floor. And there's a look on her face. I'm like, fuck, man, I remember that. I remember, like, just, I've just royal fuck up. Everything's piled on you on that day. And uh, the guy's like, you know, just keep going. And it's like, that's literally what you had to do in those in the restaurants. It's like, you just had to keep going because it just doesn't stop. I always gave the people advice, you know. It's like, you know, because uh, how calm I always was with stuff. It's because I don't have feelings. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't get that upset usually when we were super busy. I only got upset when things would just go sideways, especially when it was, like, for no reason. Like, you know, we're not prepped well enough. It's like, why the fuck aren't we prepped well enough or something? Like, you know, that's whenever I would have problems. But if it was just, like, super busy and a ticket just won't stop coming, but we're, we're still cranking stuff out and, like, I'm just calm as could be, I always hope he's like, it's because eventually this is going to stop. Like, you know, two hours from now we're going to be done and we're going to be cleaning up and we're going to get the fuck out of here. So there's no reason to get flipped out in the middle of like a rush you know I was always that calming influence I guess like I said because I don't have feelings <laughs> I I don't know I think that's depression stuff I, I, I learned that like when I was younger too about depression like you know apparently like if you react to very strong emotional things I think uh, Hugh Laurie the guy who played House um talked about it like you know he was like in a demolition derby or something like that something crazy he's like all these cars are wrecking and all this other stuff and it's like he's just as calm as can be like nothing's phasing him and it turns out that's a big part of depression is that you know if you react to these very high stress high uh emotional situations with total calmness it's because you're a very you're a depressed individual and i'm like but i never knew that now i kind of like yeah like so I've always kind of viewed that as a strength of mine that, you know, I don't react to much in those situations usually, but it's not, you're not reacting to it properly. You're not registering it. It's kind of like, uh, Ted Lasso, which is a great television show, how he's always positive about everything. And his wife kind of, uh, divorces him because he's always positive about stuff. You don't understand how great that can be. It's like, you know, if you're always positive about everything all the time, you know, you kind of, or like, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. You know, yippity do or whatever the fuck he says in that show. <laughs> I love Ted Lasso. Um, that if everything's going to be okay all the time, we're always going to be okay, that you're not adding the proper weight to somebody's problems. So it makes it kind of feel, makes them feel insignificant in a way. And I'm kind of on the other end of that where like nothing really matters. So your problems don't fucking matter. Nothing matters. Or, you know, it's nihilistic, I guess is a good way to say it but not like humorous like everybody tries to be on the interwebs and they fail horribly at it and they're not funny <laughs> I hate society <laughs> no so that's what I've been trying to work on too is also kind of reacting to things in the proper way 
But at the same time, I may, maybe I need medication. I really don't want to do medication, though. I know there's, like, things... Because I sit there and watch doctors prescribe my dad pill after pill after fucking pill. Like, he'd go to this doctor and he'd say, Oh, he's got early onset Alzheimer's. He needs this drug. Next week he goes to this doctor. He's like, he doesn't have early onset Alzheimer's. He has this rare case of OCD. So he doesn't need that drug. He needs this drug. Then the next week, because like he's no, he he doesn't have OCD and he doesn't have Alzheimer's. He has mini strokes. He's got mini strokes going on in his brain. So he needs this medication. How the fuck my mom kept his medication like in line blows my fucking mind. And like, who knows how how much they're counteracting each other? And he's not on them long enough for them to be effective at all. So we don't know. Then because you know, she he gets done with the third doctor. He goes back to the first one. He's like, those two guys are idiots. He's got early onset Alzheimer's. So he needs to be back on this drug. And it's just a nonstop cycle. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't know. Then I know friends who've taken, like, antidepressants and stuff like that, and they say it doesn't, doesn't make you happy, it just makes you numb, and I don't know, I think I'd rather be unhappy than numb. Nah, nah, that's not, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Um, nobody should be able to be happy. But, like I said, also I know it can kill, like, creative drive, so I don't want to take that and then have, like, no drive to do the podcast or do writing or music or anything else that I do in my downtime. It's not like I'm doing anything, but it's a great escape for other things. You know, playing guitar, or learning to play piano, got my ukulele, got my bass around here somewhere, listening to my great fucking record setup. Um, even, like, playing video games and stuff like that, kind of creating through that is there a fucking where the fuck did that hair come from weird <laughs> yeah so that's why i worry about you know losing that but i know there's like um there's tests out there now that you can take that'll show you what drugs work best for you which blows my mind my uh friend lady aaron told me about this and i was like get the fuck out of here that doesn't make any sense to me i'm not smart no so like uh and it's so interesting that they can come up with that. They have like a test, like it's like a, I don't know if it's like a blood test or what it is. I know it's a little bit more expensive than normal stuff. Like where they say, "Oh yeah, this is what would work for you, the best." Maybe we should look into that. I don't know, man. But I'm also really bad about taking stuff, like pills or anything like that, or like you know, kind of that daily routine thing, like getting it in. Like I just, I'm really bad about starting that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on a little bit. Let's move on. At the Camp Cope show, the only bad thing that happened was that in front of me were this boyfriend-girlfriend who decided about, towards the end of the show, to start PDAing all over, all over themselves. And it was fucking gross, man. Like, yeah, boyfriend-girlfriend, they give a smooch to each other or something like that. They continue today. Whatever. No big deal. But when you start, like, kind of rubbing on each other then you like he's kissing all over her fucking head and like they're just basically trying to fuck on the floor with their clothes on get the fuck out of here nobody wants to fucking see it you're causing like a weird disruption of everybody in this little area nobody's fucking interested nobody's caring nobody's like yeah get it it's like no get the fuck out of here man gross go home go home and fuck nobody wants to see it on the fucking dance floor do they they probably fucking do I'm probably just I don't know I'm just so cranky all that time and then that's probably why I'm alone. <laughs> Always alone, perpetually alone. It's because I'm, I don't know. I thought about that too. I, th I literally think about that. I was thinking when I was coming home after that. I was like, that was like the worst part was you people just 
like I said, he's like rubbing like her lower back, and he's just like smooching all over, like all over, like he's not even like on her forehead or like on her lips, it's like it's on like the top of her head, like where my bald fucking spot is. He's like smooching all over it. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? It's weird. Be different if it was sexy. Come on, man, make it sexy. You've seen what I've done. If you watched the video, you've seen how sexy I've made this fucking video. <laughs> No, but I was kind of thinking about the way home. I was like, ah, oh, that's probably why, you know. Well, I'm, like, the reason I'm kind of perpetually on is because, like, I don't compromise on anything, ever. I never compromise. You know, I exist in my own world. You know what I mean? I know that sounds weird or douchey or whatever, but, yeah, like, I'll go days without texting, like, a girl I'm seeing, just not because of anything she's done or I'm annoyed or anything, like, because... I've got other things going on. And also, I don't give a shit about texting. It's just not my thing. I'm old school, man. <laughs> give me a call. Give me a call. Star 69, so I don't know who it's from. Or Star 67, I can't remember. It's 2003 again. Um, no, it's just like I've always kind of... I want to do what I want to do. I'm not going to force you to do it. I don't want to exist as a couple. I exist as my own person. You're your own person. Like, you have your likes. I have my likes. There's things we're not going to agree on. Like... I think it's just better. And I think that comes off as very much uncaring or just kind of not giving a shit about what you like or what you want. And it's not so much that. It's just like, hey, I just, you know, it's not for me. You go do whatever you want to do. So, like, you know, like me, like, if I'm dating a girl who hates sports, I'm not going to take you to a fucking Columbus Crew game. I'm not going to take you to a Reds game or take you to a sports event. I'm not going to do it because you don't like it. But there's, like, some people out there who thinks, well, I have to go because we're a couple. That's not fucking me, man. That's no, no chance. Not a chance. No, so like, you know, if you tell me, hey, we're going to go to, you know, this girl's birthday. I'm like, oh, I don't like her. I'm not going. That's not like, a, that's not me having an argument or anything like that. That's just me telling you what's going on. It's like, oh, I'm not going to go to that because I don't want to. And yeah, that's, that's part of my problems. I just, you know, I'm just me, man. I'm just set in my ways. And like I said, I'm very cranky all the time. Nobody likes to be around a cranky guy. Who wants to be around a cranky guy? All the time. I'm always cranky. I'm cranky about this fucking riverside tonight. <sighs> like I said, it froze. Lost an episode. It sounded like shit anyway. So then I'll have to re-record the whole fucking thing. I'm happy about that, I guess. Ugh. What was I been talking about? I mean, I, I'm kind of rambling on now. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So like being perpetually alone. It doesn't bother me that much. Well, you know, there's nights, obviously. Everybody has those fucking nights when, you know, especially when you're single, it's kind of like, man, I just wish there was somebody here with me, man. <laughs> nah, you know, I don't have those very often because ultimately I like to do what I like to do. It gives me, I have a lot of freedom to do stuff. Obviously you want that every once in a while. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to try to settle. I'm not sure how to say this. I'm not going to kind of... uh I don't know, just kind of continue to be me. You know, eventually, whatever happens, happens, man. It's going to do me. going to do Brandon. Continue to do Brandon, and I'm going to be whatever. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going here. I'm losing it right now. I'm absolutely on one right now. Cranky and Alone. That is the name of my uh, next solo record, is Cranky and Alone. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man, after I got done watching The Barry the other night, I watched The Two Towers. Uh, I'll probably watch it again before I move on to The Return of the King. The Two Towers still is the best one. It is, like, you know, The Two Towers is the best Lord of the Rings movie. 
Helm's Deep is the best battle scene in f- cinema history. Like, the music, the intensity, like, the dread, especially, like, as, like, the very beginning, as, like, the whole, like, uh, you know, the evil orc army is kind of marching towards Helm's Deep, and they stop, and they start, like, banging their fucking pikes and stuff like that. Oh, man. In my surround sound, it was, uh, I was goosebumping pretty hard. Um, yeah, like, the music, like, the intensity kind of how it all sets up it doesn't overstay it's welcome or anything like that so it kind of it's like the perfect length of time uh they cut away at the right moments and still kind of so they can still build the other storylines all that fun stuff and god it's so perfect as a battle scene um and of course once again sean Aston kills it at the very end you know in the fellowship he's got the whole you know i made a promise mr frodo he has that whole little thing and it's beautiful at the end of the film and this one at the end he gives that whole um you know the, the, the you know, I don't even know how how to like to summarize it in one sentence. He has that whole little monologue at the end, where it's kind of intercutting all the characters and it's got the, like the voiceover on it. Such a beautiful little speech. Sean Astin fucking kills it. Fucking kills it as Sam. And then you got Gandalf showing back up after he's taking a nice long shower. He's got his nice white robes on. He's ready to go. I mean, you know, you go to a fucking dry cleaner in Middle Earth. You better get that fucking clean there, pal. Oh, man, but yeah. And Carl Urban shows up. And Carl Urban's great. I'm glad he's getting more recognition because he was in uh, The Boys, which is wonderful. I don't think I talked about the season finale, how fucking great that was, man. It was intense. Intense. Though I think that Maeve should have died. Spoilers. <laughs> I don't know. What do I know? Maybe they got something cool planned for her, but at the same time, I don't know. Shows need to kill the characters. That's just me. Like, especially when they need to. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. No, but I fucking love Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Not the Return... Yeah, Return of the King will probably... Oh my, I'm not sure I'm going to watch that. I'm not sure what my plans are this week. I'm thinking on my days off. I got Thursday, Friday off. I'm going to go to Cleveland on Thursday to watch John Moreland at the Beachland Ballroom. And then Friday, I might. I don't know. I haven't decided just yet. I might go watch John Moreland in Cincinnati at Fountain Square. I might do a back-to-back thing. I think that'd be dope. He's playing some great fucking tracks. He sounds great right now. He's been posting a lot of videos of himself on the road. He was at like a, I think it was a new, was it Newport, um, Rhode Island, or is it Nor- Nor- New Folk? I can't remember. Newport Folk Festival in Rhode Island. Um, he played a wonderful Cheryl Crow cover. Uh, good enough, strong enough, from one of her, like her '96 album. I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, he sounds great. He's always sounds great. But man, he really sounds like he's really in it right now. Seems like he's playing um, Tulsa County Stars at every show. And that's a wonderful song, Tulsa County Stars. John Moreland's just fucking great. His new record, I think, just came out. I'm still waiting for it to arrive. I know the uh, new Craig Finn record just shipped, finally. And it's on its way. So I got two more. I need to get it cataloged along with the Camp Cope record and the Drive-By Truckers record. That's four. I need to add into the old library up here. I don't know. I'm excited. I don't know. I, I haven't decided. I haven't decided if I'm going to go. I definitely want to go to Cleveland. I haven't been to Cleveland in forever. And I've never been to the Beachland. I've heard it's a really cool venue. So I, I think I really want to go to the Cleveland show. And if I feel like it, I might go to the Cincinnati show. Like I plan on driving up to Cleveland Thursday, driving back Thursday after the show. And then I'll make that decision Friday if I want to go to Cincinnati or not. Because I think it's a free show. If, if it's on Fountain Square, it should be a free show if I'm thinking correctly. 
Because I know I've watched American Aquarium and uh, I can't remember Ben Knight. I think that was the guy's name. Um, I watched them on Fountain Square probably six, seven years ago. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, There's a free show there. And that, that was a good time. That was a good time. Great time. Wonderful time. Uh, and before we get into the five songs of the week... If you have not liked the Port City Pub's Facebook page, go like it. You know, go there. Patron there. All the time. You know, support that business. Great business. Love that business. Aaron, Nancy, good people. Corey, great person. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else I know is still there or not. <laughs> I know Lauren is. And that's what this next part's about. If you have not seen this picture of my good buddy Lauren on Facebook... You have got to go to the Pups Facebook page and find the picture of their little tiki night they just did. Because, good golly, once again, Miss Molly. This guy is fucking on his game right now. This guy is redefining the word, I don't even know, ruggedly handsome. Ruggedly just, you know, he, he's, he's, on, he's taking himself to a new level. This guy, I mean, blew me away with this picture. This fucking guy, let me fucking tell you. LL Cool K, he's redefined himself. Again, the guy, let me tell you, good guy, great guy, wonderful guy. Top-notch, super best guy. <laughs> this picture floored me. Like, oh, man, he's got a good stash, great stash, wonderful stash. <laughs> I cannot wait to get this motherfucker up here and on this show. It's going to be so much fun. I've got to get in touch with him and get him, get his ass up here. It's going to be a good time. Oh, man. Especially if he's bringing that type of heat. Like, if you have not seen this photo, get on Facebook. Go to Port City's uh, Port City Pub, Portsmouth, Ohio, and get on the Facebook page. Find that picture because, oh, my good, you, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. And, you know, hey, you know, make sure you bring a towel because you're going to get hot. You're going to get hot and bothered looking at this baby. <laughs> my guy. I love Lauren. Good dude. Great dude. Wonderful, dude. Uh, well, let's jump into the five songs of the week. You know, let's just do it. I think I've kind of talked about everything I've wanted to talk about so far tonight. Um, actually, no, I have not. Let's not jump into it just yet. Because you know what? I think I do have to address it. Because it just popped in my head. <laughs> I go to buy fucking Springsteen tickets the other night. And fuck Ticketmaster. Fuck them. Fuck those corporate pieces of shit up at the top. Go fuck themselves. I hope a fucking meteor blows up that fucking headquarters. Fuck them. Fucking $4,000. Shove it up your ass. Like, get the fuck out of here. Oh my god, I'm sorry I'm cursing so much and I'm getting really amped up, but it was such horse shit. Such horse shit. So many people, this could be like their first time seeing Bruce, or maybe it could be their last time. You know, Bruce has been around. He's 70-something now. I mean, this could be the last time for people who were around his age to see him. Also, it could be somebody who's younger who fucking has really gotten into Bruce's first time. I'm lucky enough to have seen him once. And you're trying to charge him fucking $3,000, $4,000 for tickets? Get the fuck out of here. Dynamic pricing? Suck one. Get the fuck out of here with that, man. I am so pissed off about it. And so many other people are, too. I see the bands posting they have nothing to do with it. I don't know. I really hope Bruce comes out with something and figures something out here because it's fucking horseshit. And, like, the worst part is there are some people paying for it. You know what? Like, that's, that, that's part of the problem is that some people still paid for him. Like, I love Bruce more than... He is, like, my lord and savior, man. I go to the Church of Springsteen, but I'm not paying 
more than $500. And $500, I better be sitting right on fucking, like, right by the stage. I might be able to, like, reach my hand out and touch the fucking guy for 500 bucks. $3,000, like, no fucking chance. Three fifty to sit in nosebleeds. Get the fuck out of here. Not touching it. I'm not fucking touching it. I think me and JR paid, like, 40-some bucks a piece when we saw him in Columbus a few years ago. Like... God, it made me fucking sick. This corporate fucking nonsense. Just wringing, once again, every single dollar they can out of anybody who can't afford shit like that. Just trying to force... Like, basically, what they're doing is they... You know, I, uh, I saw a good tweet. Somebody was talking about... Um, good tweet. You know, it's, it's a redundant thing. It's not really a fucking thing. It's a good tweet. But this guy put out there, you know, like, reworking... Um, racing in the street. You know, it's like, got a 59 Seve with a 396. Fuelie heads and a hearse on the floor. I had to sell it so I can buy tickets to see the boss at the uh, in like New Jersey or I came here what city in Omaha or some shit like that. <laughs> it was funny. It's funnier than how I just explained it, but you know, one day I gotta go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, but like, God, it just made me so sick. You know, because that's what the corporates corpos fucking want, man. They just want you working all the fucking time, never enjoying anything, just so you can make them more fucking money. And the best way to stop it is to stop contributing to their bullshit. So when Ticketmaster says we're doing dynamic pricing, it's going to be $3,000, $4,000 randomly, don't fucking buy it. Don't buy the fucking ticket. Because if you do, you're just validating their fucking shitty system. Don't do it. It's, I don't, I know it's, I want to see Bruce more than anything. I have fucking three shows planned. I have like a whole fucking like month of my life planned around these three shows. Already. And then like we're a little under a year, like, you know, it's like nine months away. I have all these plans for it. Like, but I am not going to sacrifice that much for it. I'm not going to, like, sell a, like, my fucking Gresh guitar that cost me four grand. I'm not going to sell that so I can go see Bruce. Like, I've got some great live records here. It'd be, like, like you know, it's like uh, Hannibal Burst has a bit about seeing Eddie Griffin for 80 bucks. And he's like, that's a lot of pressure on Eddie Griffin, you know, deliver. Because at the end, he's like, you know, it's a good show. Not... Not $80 good. And I think uh, Mark Maron has, like, the same bit about, uh, I think, um, he bought a Marshall tube amp, which is, like, the best amp you can get, like, a preamp, you know, for, like, record players and stuff like that. He says, like, uh, Jack White's got, like, 18 of them. They cost, like, $20,000 a piece or something like that. He says he'll, he's thinking about getting one because they're supposed to be the best. And he started thinking, he's like, he doesn't want that added pressure of, like, this doesn't sound like $20,000, you know? <laughs> and I don't want that pressure on Bruce. I'm like, oh, this ticket wasn't worth $3,000 or $4,000. Like, I really hope they can get something figured out because that's such horse fucking shit, man. $3,000. So I'll always respect Prince so much because I kept, he kept most of his prices at like 80 bucks, at like the most. Maybe he went a little bit higher than that, but he always kept them very affordable. And uh, I really wish, you know, those Stones, when they came to town, the fucking Stones don't need the money. Bruce doesn't need the money. They, like, they need to work something out with those fucking shitheads at T Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster's been doing this for fucking years anyway. They're trash. But the problem is, you want to go to those big shows like that, you gotta deal with them. You gotta deal with Ticketmaster. You know, all their hidden little fees. Like, oh, the ticket's 40 bucks, but here's uh, $85 of random fees that don't make any fucking sense on top of it, you know? Like I said, hopefully a meter destroys fucking Ticketmaster. Burn them to the ground! I don't know. The fuck do I know? Oh, so let's jump into the songs of the week. First song of the week. I decided to... Uh, it's not so much a song I've been listening to, but it's a band that I love so much that I have yet to talk about. Like, I've not mentioned them one time, I don't think. 
Um, they're from New Jersey. They're a punk band. They've been around since 1989. They're they're so much fun. They're just infectious. They're good dudes too. Greg, um, Brian, Pete uh, used to be Mike, and now it's a uh, Rebello from. Um, Hot Water Music he used to be the drummer there. Great drummer, makes it all effortless. I mean, you know the whole like everything about his drumming is just effortless. And um, I decided to pick a song from their 2003 record. Um, hold on, sorry. Their 2003 record is called Anchors Away. This is the Bouncing Souls, one of my favorite bands. I love Anchors Away. I love the Gold record. Love uh, how I spent my summer vacation. Hopeless Romantic. Uh, you know, Ballad of Johnny X, uh, the Freaks, and all that fun stuff. Oh, man. Good guys, great guys, wonderful guys. You know, I think Brian does all the production because the production on their songs is always great, especially the drums and the bass. They always, like, everything, like, uh, I, I talked about it with the Green Day a few weeks ago where, like, especially in the 90s whenever their production was just perfect because everything had, like, a chance to shine. Same thing with kind of the Bouncing Souls. And the song I picked is off, like I said, Anchors Away. It's called Night Train. It's got like a little, like nice, cool little, uh, kind of like motorcycle vibe. I'm not like a motorcycle, kind of like that, you know, packing your shit and going, you know, heading out west or something like that. And like, I, I really, 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 really enjoy this song. Um, there's a couple lines in here that kind of really speak to me in some of the places I have been in my life with people. I love that song, Night Train by the Bouncing Souls. I love uh, that line. It's kind of right there in the bridge. You know, I love you more than anything, but only alone can we both be free. I've had that conversation with people where, you know, you're very much still not so much in love with each not like, you know, in love or just kind of, you know, you very much care about this person, but you know that it's kind of time for you to go your separate ways. So I kind of get that. And like I said, I, I fucking love this band. Bouncing Souls. Like I said, number two on the bands I have yet to see that I need to see live. I remember Michael May uh, Michael McDermott used to be the drummer. I always forget his last name. Oh, no, I always forget his first name. I know it's like McDermott. I think I actually think it's McDonald. Michael McDonald. <laughs> That'd be great if he was the drummer. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. No, uh, I love that song. You know, like the whole, uh, you know, you know, goodbye to me and you, goodbye to the life we knew, wipe the tears from your eyes and walk on through, you know, packing your shit, kind of saying, I got to head out for a while, I've got to get away from this, and uh, yeah, I definitely identify with that, I've talked about that a lot, um, do love the Bouncing Souls, let's see, let's jump into song number two, it's a band from Canada, up north, it's the Rural Alberta Advantage, if you've never heard these guys, um, their drummer, once again talking about drummers, is fucking phenomenal. Like he doesn't even sound like he's a like a real drummer. He sounds like they kind of created like some drum parts on a computer, put them in the song, and then you go watch my like, oh no, that's literally a guy playing all that. He is fantastic. My buddy Chris turned me onto this band, uh, Karaoke Chris, as he's always loves to be called. If you see him out in the wild, Karaoke Chris, you 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 know he'll 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 perk right up when you call him that. I don't know if you will or not. They'll probably fucking punch you in the face. <laughs> I love Chris. Good guy, great guy, wonderful guy. Went and watched uh, Drive-By Truckers a couple months ago with him. First time I'd seen him in a while. Always good seeing him. Um, he introduced me to this band. I'd never heard of him. I still haven't really got into him as much as I should. I love this record. It's Hometowns. It's from 2009. Um, this is the record. I have this record here, and it's the only record I've really listened to deeply with them. But all the drum parts on every single song are really really cool they're just they're just really good they're frenetic they're just kind of 
heart racing, heart pounding, kind of like I said, frenetic, chaotic. Not so much. Cha I don't. I don't even know how to explain them. I'm not that good at explaining things. But this is called "Drain the Blood," from like I said, 2009's hometown. Of course, it wants to shut off when I do that. All right, here we go. Drain the blood. I check them out. They had a, they're on the list somewhere of bands I've never seen. Chris told me like he'd seen them in like one of those bands that has like a bar in the center, like the stage is in the middle of the room. You kind of stand all the way around it. It's like you just it was just like you had to watch him play. Like you know you couldn't not you couldn't take your eyes off of it. And you know I even think you know like I said Niels and uh, Amy Cole was the other part of the band. She kind of on that one she's like a like one of those like little egg shaker things. And I think she's got I can't remember what it's fucking called. It's not like a you know like pounding like a stick, but it's got like whatever fucking little symbol things on it, you know, like a tambourine thing, but like a stick. I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, no, but Rural Alberta Advantage. Check them out if you have not. They are absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, like I said, and like I said, check out those fucking drums, man. Watch them live, too. Song number three is a legend of the music scene. Um, from the 70s. Most people kind of know him today as Chef from South Park. Which is fine, I guess, but really, you should know him for his music, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes is kind of a cut above the rest, man. He's got some fucking jams out there. This is off Black Moses. This is Good Love 69969. And, man, like, those soul guys from, like, the uh, 70s and stuff like that, him, Curtis Mayfield, like, they're they don't get the respect they deserve. They are absolutely incredible all the time. And, like, Black Moses is one of my favorite records that I put on and just kind of listen in the background of the night. Um, I can't, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, good stuff, great stuff. Song number four this week is from the band I had to skip the show on, sadly. Uh, this is from Fucked Up. This is David Comes Alive. It's the penultimate song, which I think is the right way to say that word. I've never actually heard that word said out loud. So I'm like 90% sure that's how it's supposed to be said. It actually might be like 50-50. Penultimate, that's correct. I don't know, maybe somebody reach out and tell me I'm an idiot. Because I know, I, well, if I, even if I'm right, I already know I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, shit on yourself. Um, now, this is uh, One More Night, which, like I said, is the... Next to last song, the penultimate song of uh, David Comes Alive. I absolutely love the song. It's got some great, like, love lyrics in there. Like, you know, if you don't know what David Comes Alive is about, it's kind of about, like, uh, these two kind of, like, uh, protesters and stuff like that. They're kind of, uh, you know, fall in love. Or, well, she's, like, a protester. He works at this glass ball factory. They kind of fall in love and blah, blah, blah. She ends up dying in a bomb. And then uh, he finds out he's at, they're actually characters in a show. Or characters in a book. Or not a book, I'm sorry, a uh, characters in a story being written, and you know, stuff like that. And then, um, at the end, um, he gets to talk to the, the author, if I'm, if I'm correct. Like I said, I actually haven't listened to the full record in a long time. I absolutely adore it, though. I've listened to every song on it a lot, but, you know, haven't listened to the full thing come together. Like I said, it's a rock opera. Um, and he talks to her, and he's, he talks to him, he's like, basically, you know, he has a chance to, like, either live the whole thing again, or, like, you know, end it, kind of, in the story or something, I can't remember off the top of my head now, but, you know, he decides he wants to, he'd rather go back and live with Veronica for the rest, you know, and even if he has to lose her again, he'd rather spend that time with her and lose her again than never, you know, see her, you know, or never have that time together, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a cool notion, it's a good notion, good notion, man. Like I said, this is, I got a... Song number five. Great song, that is. I love that song. And speaking of greatness, 
We're going back to the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, to a uh, hip-hop group called A Tribe Called Quest. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men, women, them, theys, whatever you want to identify yourself as, nobody quests like a tribe does, let me fucking tell you that. This is off Midnight Marauders. This is like the first song I really got into, that, or at least I knew that I was getting into that was A Tribe Called Quest. I think I may have heard Can I Kick It and stuff like that before. But I never, um, what's another one from Midnight Marauders? Um, award Tour, We Can Get Down. Um, I, th- I think there's another song off that record that, uh, why is not listed there? Huh, it's not jumping out at me for some reason. That whole record, all the records are great. Um, but yeah, Electric Relaxation was like the first time I knew I was listening to A Tribe Called Quest. And, oh shit, man. Like, this is just a great fucking track. Um, this, man, I fucking love it. Love it. Love it. Love that record. Love that group. So that's been the five songs of the week. Um, a quick note real quick. Actually, happy birthday to my cousin Kathy, who turned uh, 50, I believe, yesterday. So happy birthday, Kathy. Good for you. Sadly, I had missed the party or whatever you had, um, you know, because I've been, I'm up here. I just, you know, I can't make it down there on a Saturday. <laughs> Gotta work Sunday. Can't do it. Um, yeah, so like I said, this has been the Sunday edition of Monster Ate the Podcast, Monster Ate the Pilot, the podcast by Brandon. Uh, if you've liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, oh, I'm getting to the end of it, man. Please like, subscribe, share, support, uh, on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, and, uh, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. I almost got through all seven without fucking it up. I almost did it. We're getting there, man. That's hard work paying off right there, let me tell you. Uh, so it's been a good night, great night, wonderful night. If you have questions for me, please let me know. I will gladly answer them on the podcast, I guess. Maybe unless it's stupid. If I think it's stupid, I'll let you know it's stupid. Um, if you want to be on the podcast, let me know. I'd be glad to have you on. If, um... Yeah, if you have any ideas, also let me know. Uh, like I said, it's been Sunday. I will see you on Wednesday with the Bruce Springsteen uh, Song of the Week. And then we will kind of go over what else is going on in my life. Because I think there's stuff I want to talk about tonight that I completely forgot about. So, yeah, it's wonderful. I should write that shit down. I actually kind of did write it down. I actually had some notes. Hmm. Good for me. Great for me. Wonderful for me. Um, yeah, so like I said, hopefully I can get Lauren Keller's unbelievably sexy ass on this show now. Come on, dude. Like, leave some for the rest of us, kid. Uh, <laughs> nah, so okay. Uh, I'll check in on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for understanding. If you've tuned in, thanks again. I will see you on Wednesday. Peace out. <laughs>